All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the lab. This is episode number 32. Sitting with us here today from Stanford, we have Mike Chapman. How you doing, man? Good, good. I'm doing great. How you guys doing? So far, so good. So far, so good. So, Mike, we start off each interview here with the same question. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, what made you want to become a strength coach? Well, good enough to be a player. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if that if that, if that comes down to what, what it really is, yeah, I mean, um, I, but I, true, honestly, uh, I really I love the human body. I love what it can do. I love how it adapts. I love uh, working with the kids and interactions, it's like putting together human jigsaw puzzles for the team. So you're not just like uh, you're not just a weight room guy. You're like building a team, a culture, working this jigsaw puzzle, trying to get everybody kind of move cohesively throughout throughout the year and I really really enjoy being a part of that and being involved in everything that happens with the team awesome man so tell us a little bit about what where you all came from so like you're at Stanford now but where have you all been oh, um well I started off um with Gail Hatch for about three years um I just kind of went with him um and just we taught CrossFit clinics. I worked in his gym from four to eight every evening, teaching Olympic lifts from kids from the age of nine to people up to sixty years old. Wow. I did that every day, um, and so that was my first taste of it. I left there and I went to Southeastern. So I would intern in the mornings at Southeastern from like six a.m. to three, and I'd drive forty-five minutes to Baton Rouge, and I'd do coach hatch from four to eight. I did that for two and a half years. Um, I left there with the Southern University where I got to work with a ton of sports and run basketball um, early on. I also got to run basketball when I was at Southeastern when I was in school. So I was actually coaching people I was in class with, which is like a interesting dynamic, but it was it was like a great experience. So it teaches you how to like coach without being like, these are the rules, boom. I couldn't do that because we had class together. Um, yeah, I left Southern and went to Purdue. I was at Purdue for a long stand of 14 days. Uh, left, <laughs> left, left Purdue with the left Purdue with the Penn State. Uh, left Penn State with Texas, Texas to Michigan, Michigan to Southern Miss, um, Southern Miss to Towson, um, and from Towson I came here. So been around a little bit, but you know, journey. Not much to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, absolutely. Just making my rounds. Uh, you learn something new every time you go somewhere, and it's really cool. But uh, what's really cool about coaching is every time you hit a new stop, you kind of recreate yourself. So as a coach, my nuts and bolts have kind of stayed the same whole time, but I've gotten to like, maybe I was a little too soft when I was 21, 22. And like, now you learn how to beat those things. So every time I take a new job, people are like, yeah, I'm just going to keep being me. I'm like, now I need to be somebody else. Like, I need to add more to my arsenal to keep getting better and better. So that's the thing I love about, you know, sticking and moving. And then you, hopefully you get to the point you can stay a place for 10, 15 years once you kind of get it figured out. Um, which no one ever figures it out because it's impossible. Makes so, sense, man. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. cool, though. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like most strength coaches we've met so far have been pretty flexible, pretty pretty adaptable, like mm -hmm. just resilient individuals. Um, yeah. Now, you work with what sport in particular at Stanford? Uh, a men's basketball and men's golf. Okay. Dang. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. sick. Yeah. So, I mean – a uh, ton of different body types. I've worked 31 sports to date. 
um, throughout my career. But uh, basketball is what I love. Uh, I love golf too. I, you know, the thing about golf is frustrating. It's like you think I'm working, I'm staying the swing, I work with these league golfers. I suck. <laughs> so you know, you're like, damn, man, I wish I would, I wish I could be good. But uh, it's it's a great balance. The guy, the golf guys, give me a different feel. Um, I have some of the best golfers in the world on our on our on our team. Our basketball guys are literally brilliant, but we get developmental players. So like, you really have to dial in and develop guys. This isn't a place where you're like, hey, come in, get bigger, faster, stronger, go to the NBA. This is like, hey, come in, all right ground step one step two step three and it's really really cool because now i'm in year four here so i've got I, it's my first time i craft craft has senior class and it's been super cool to watch like kids who couldn't stand on one foot doing a lunge and now they can like he's like split squad like 340 and like he's making fun <laughs> of friends when i'm like like there was a point in time where you couldn't even like stand and touch your nose at the same time so it's kind of cool to like to go through those progressions with guys you know so that's been a really really cool thing for me that's sick holy crap so when you're at stanford working with the basketball players um since you've been there as long how have you kind of evolved as the strength coach working with them as you've gotten to know them man we have one of the longest teams in the country um uh and so that's really challenged me to really challenge my thought process in the way of how do I get these guys better? How do I really get games, right? Because, like, you can pop up before and after pitches all you want, but that don't mean they got better. It's got bigger. Bigger does not equal better, right? So when you look at how I've, how I've kind of done it, I've kind of broke it down to can you own positions? Can you move? And if you can own positions and move and I get you good shape, that's my foundation right there. And so one of the biggest things that's really become something that kind of um, I've added since I've been here. It's isometrics. Um, my assistant at Towson, Aaron Draghi, uh, um, kind of put me onto it. But the first two weeks here, our guys are doing isometrics. They're going to own a position before I can load it. And it's amazing. All oh, these long guys that can't squat, they can't claim BS. They can do everything. Like, yeah, there's nothing they can do. Like, my seven footer was doing um, snatch balance the other day. He's seven foot one. Wasn't a ton of weight, but there's some benefit to have being balanced coordinated loaded overhead that's how he plays the game right so i'm not afraid to do anything with my guys and i think the longer i've been here in the progressions i've seen if you take the right progressions there's nothing you can't do i mean i have like i had a seven footer who left last year like he left the cleaning jerk the longest jerk you've ever seen he was good at it so like you know so it's like you know Holy like shit. Hi, so how do I get these guys to do these things? And then I have some kids who don't touch an Olympic lift, and I don't care. You know, um, one thing for me is in strength conditioning, um, people get so caught up in the stuff that doesn't matter. And um, Harrington Emerson has a quote about principles and methods. I'm not getting caught up in the methods. I'm worried about the principles because you have the principles that are going to get better. So we stick to our principles. We apply different principles. We apply different methods. and we see what works. So for me, I want to have as many tools in the toolbox as I possibly can. So I'm going to do whatever I can to get those guys better. So like I have one guy who trains by himself because his body is just extremely unique and he can't hold certain positions. And so we're working through things and he's getting better at his own pace and he's improving his performance and all that stuff. The force play shows he's getting better. So I think it's really uh, been cool for me to have these different body types and have to like really adapt and adjust and make my program fit. 
So with the way that you've kind of adapted and adjusted for that one individual, do you do that often or no? Yeah. Okay, um, that's cool. So like, uh, so like your, your squat pattern is going to be based upon your anthros, right? Um, I have some guys who don't squat all year one. Um, we have a big here who hasn't, he, he's been with me for three years. The first three years, he never barbell squatted. All we did was Walset, Hatfield, and Goblet. And then he, he hit 324 double last week because he took the time to fix his pattern mm-hmm. and taught him how to load because, you know, you know, muscle, you know, like joint position dictates muscle function, right? So if the joints can get in a good position, then he can load it better. If I can do all those things that go around it, he's going to be better. So there's quite a few guys I have to adjust for. These guys play basketball year round. They get beat up pretty good. And so they need some TLC. But that don't mean that we're not going to get into the weeds and, and get it. Like, we, we still going to train hard. We're just going to make sure we're going to train hard with something that feeds your body the right thing. And we're not going to feed dysfunction. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Say that again. We're not, we're not going to feed dysfunction. Yeah. Yeah. Can we get that on a t-shirt? <laughs> I only only if I get like a little 2%, a little 2% clip on that bad boy, you know what I'm saying? Heck yeah, man. No, I love that. That's a great thing. Um, um, yeah. So are there so, particular exercises or movements maybe you stay away with the golfers? I know I've, I've had a few patients who like for some reason are anti-weightlifting when it comes to golf because <laughs> if they're too big or too bulky, they can't swing the club. And I'm like, yeah, don't add up, man. No, you know, I think the biggest thing with golfers is, like, you know, like oh, they're not athletes. They're athletes. Like you should go, you go play eight, 18 holes, and you go home. If you're not sore, you're lying. So, <laughs> like, you know, like I've worked ice hockey, I've worked golf, and like before I got into training golf, I was like, hey, let me go play so it feels like. So in that club takes a toll on your body, and so like what we the only thing I don't do with the guys is old lift. And it's because I don't want to teach them. <laughs> like, I, like, like, literally, like, it's, it has nothing to do with like, just keeping a buck with you. Like, I don't want to teach them because, like, I get them twice a week for forty-five minutes, right? So for me, when they come in, like, like Olympic lifting takes us some consistency to be good at it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think they may play like I have. We may have. We had a guy go to Dubai for a tournament. He was gone for two and a half weeks. Do I really want to come back and start over? I don't, right? So we pull. So we do it. We clean pull, we snatch pull, we squat, we lunge, we hinge, we press, we, we do chain pulls, we push sleds. Like, it's not uncommon to come in, come in the gym and see golf pushing sleds across the across the floor. Like, they're, they're actually going to train. Like, carrying a bag for that many holes is taxing, right? So yeah. it was funny. I think two years ago, they played in Hawaii, and um, a lot of the golf teams went uh, hiking up a mountain in uh Oh, and they're like, yeah, we were the only team that wasn't like throwing up up the hill. I was like, yeah, because they like they like they were proud, like they were, they were proud to be like fit and strong and in shape, right? And so yeah. you kind of make it a badge of honor, like, hey, like you got to come in, you got to get strong. You know, we put the we put the VPT system on it. We throw the leaderboard up, compete. Let's see if we can move the bar fast and get going. Like your athletes are going to train because ultimately strength builds durability, no matter what you want to say. If you can move and you're strong, you're going to be a durable athlete, and that's the name of the game, no matter what the sport is. Agreed. Yep. 100%. 100%. So, Mike, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to open the floor up to Brandon and Alex here so you can field a few questions from them. 
All right. Oh, for sure. Yeah, go for it. Start rambling some off. <laughs> uh, besides the isometrics, <laughs> since you've been uh, kind of around the block a few times, uh, what would you say, what school or place or coach kind of impacted your philosophy you still use the most now? Man, that's a <laughs> It's gonna keep me like that. That's hard. You know, it'll get like, easier. It'll get easier. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I've worked for some great men and some great women, um, and each person I've worked for has taught me something different. Uh, Gail Hatch taught me how to coach the the art of consistency, how to coach Olympic lifts. They're not hard to teach. You just have to know what you're doing. Um, uh, Carlos Swingers taught me how to find my voice. Like there was no whispering on the floor. You know, it was like. Use your big boy voice, like let's go get it. We, you know, we just Alchemy. had this convo with our interns. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know, one of the biggest things she did for me is she uh, she would let me run a football group every once in a while. And when it's you and ninety five other dudes, there's got to be an alpha on the floor, and you got to be comfortable being the alpha, comfortable making mistakes, and be able to step out and say the sky is green with so much conviction that they look up to check. And so that's what <laughs> yeah. she, that, that's what she taught me. Um, uh, Todd Wright taught me, he challenged my entire thought press also training. You know, kind of from Gail Hatch, I was like, you clean squat, jerk press, this is what you do. That's what it takes. And he he would ask me why. Never gave me answers, ask me why. <laughs> but, he <introduced laughs> but he introduced me to Gary Gray and loaded movement training and fashion and consegrity and all those things. And so he did that. And then, you know, John Sanderson taught me the art of just like simple quality training. And I can go on and on. I have friends that are mentors who've helped me out, but those people have each and put something different in me. And I am a sum of their experiences. Um, I've kind of combined it and put it together. And, you know, if, if I had to describe myself in any way, it's a movement meathead. I want to be able to move in three planes, but I want to load the shit out of you every chance I get. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you know, like, and, and, and I, I just think that works for me. You know, like that's that's what we do. Like people are all oh, like the Vipers are so foo foo. I'm like, yeah, they do. My guys also move a lot of weight, a lot of weight, and it, you know, the brain desires complex movements, right? And so we're gonna give it to them. You know, like we're gonna combine things with cross crawl patterns. We're gonna make it something that's fun and something that they want to do. But I can tell you right now, if you tell me I got to come in and spot five by 10, I'm rolling my eyes at you. So to do something that's different and challenging and looks and smells like the game and feels like the game, just a smidge. I don't really believe in sports specific training because there's no such thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it goes yep. a long way. <laughs> so, well, yeah, that's my answer. Sorry. No, that's, yeah. no, that's awesome. And then yeah. uh, you were talking before how uh, Stanford's on quarterly. So how has that kind of maybe changed your – programming layout well, since you guys got your athletes a little bit longer man you know um you get so much time with them you know uh, i will do two work capacity cycles almost every time so i people like i get to my gpp work and then get to my strength i'm like i'm doing double gpp let's let's get that base as big as possible let let's get this thing let's get this tank and this aerobic system as big as possible so when i get into the summer and i can start dialing in my true strength work and my positive their tank is so big there's nothing that we really can't do um so you know people talk about load management and how they do it my way of load management is pushing your ceiling as high as I possibly can so nothing can be nothing can wear you out. Um, I don't do minimal minimal effective dosage much. I just kind of keep building the tank, building the tank, building the tank, building the tank. 
and then just expanding capacity. So that's the one beauty of the quarter system. The hard part of the quarter system is how do you keep guys motivated because it's so long, right? So I do have a piece of autonomy, parts of autonomy into the program. I'm not a real economist coach. You're not picking what you want to do that day. But like you pick your like you pick your mobility drills. So like, hey, I put movement through. Hey, give me a movement and a sagittal plane that feels good. So your transverse plane, but have with, with and they pick that. That's their autonomy in my program. Everything else is gotta go through me. Yeah, not letting them get a little bit of freedom. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because like we can be we, we can say that hey, I program kneeling kneeling ankle dorsiflexion. It's gonna work. Everybody's body gonna feel it. And I think some experienced coach said, I don't know who it was. It's like everything works until it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So you have to have progressions and regression to your mobility work to get better. It's like you can have your program. So like that's kind of how I build it. How do I keep this thing kind of growing and going? So. And, uh, last one. Um, kind of like based off what Lou was talking about with golfers, I feel like basketball players are kind of the another sport that's kind of can be gun shy away from the weight room the whole what's going to affect my shot type thing. So yeah. do you have any of that kind of stuff when the, like true freshmen come rolling in? Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, uh, it's funny because the guys are kind of like, oh, I'm not going to do that to just go mess up my shot. And then you watch them two years later, like teasing the other guys that don't want to do it. Um, I've kind of made it like uh, the Olympic lifting in our program is a badge of honor. You have to earn the right to do it. So like, like I want to do it to like, no, nah, you're not good enough to do that. You can't do it. Uh, you you can't even hold a good position in the front squat. You haven't. You can't. You can't claim, right? So like they like they like I, they want to move to the next level, right? Everybody wants to progress. You guys are, are competitive, so like everybody's on the on the leaderboard. And you're like, hey, you can't really go to leaderboard because you're not doing what they're doing, yeah. right? But you're still getting better. Um, but I think the thing is, how do you sell them on your process, right? And so my thing is, I'll take every movement we do and break it down to how it fits the game. So whether, you know, I see basketball as a series of dynamic lunges and squats, right? Defensive positions of squat, shooting the ball as a quarter squat, playing defense is usually a lateral lunge to a rotational lunge, getting all those different positions, right? So I'm like, look, you don't want to lunge and squat? That's great, but you can't play this game, mm-hmm. right? And so then I break it down, I show what it looks like, and then usually once they get a feel for it, they start to get better. It, they really start to buy in. But I think the key to getting guys to buy in, and I think this is in any sports I've worked with so many sports, is they have to see themselves getting better early, fast. So I pick exercises that they're going to get better at. You know, like uh, if someone's afraid to see weight on the bar, have them do a glute bridge. Because you, you do glute bridges for six weeks, you can put four plates on that thing. When you start so nicely, you stay four plates on that thing, and then you go squat, you put two plates on, it doesn't look quite the same, right? Yeah. So there's other components to it too that I like to do with our players that really works out. But yeah, you know, I try to meet them where they are and walk through the process. Uh, when we meet, I do something called two minute meetings because I know how long their attention span is, and I try to get everything we can, and we do it. We do it throughout the year and all weekly. And I'm like, hey, this is what we have. What do you got going on? Boom, boom, boom. What are your concerns? And we work through things that way. Good one. Smart move. Yeah. Good. Yep. Um, I'll take you back, uh, like your playing days. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what do you uh, trying to figure out how to word it now? Um, what would you have done different as an athlete back, back then that you like know now that was, that would be like beneficial to you? I never understood 
the importance of strength, why it was important, how to get strong, or even being in shape. It's like after being, like you have to run. Yeah. Like you don't really understand why. Like no one really says why you do it when you're young. You just are told to do it. Uh-huh. But like understanding that being in great shape gives you the ability to play the game cerebrally without thinking because you're not gassed the whole time because we all know being fatigued lowers our ability to think and all those things or maybe like when you're trying to play and trying to do moves and trying to do whatever whatever it is that you do and you're not strong to hold your position so you get bumped off of it so not everything looks bad because you just aren't strong enough you know and that's just like something like i wish someone would have taught us as younger younger people that they just it's not just always do you know, like I think there's like this fine line with like kid, with with people with coaching. It's like, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. They're like either just do it because I said do it, or I don't want to like make them do anything. Yeah. No, 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 no. Like if they knew what they needed, they wouldn't be here. So it's yeah. that fine line. Like that's coaching. Like I need you to do this, and this is why. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. That creates buy-in, right? So mm-hmm. uh, that's something that I think that I probably would wish I knew back in the day. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then another thing is. What uh, what is one of the principles that you learned, like when you first started in the strength game, as far as like strength and conditioning, that you have uh, just like kind of scrapped, like thrown to the side, be like, eh, that one didn't work out as like as well as I thought it was going to be. And then like, what's one of those things that you like really held on to that's been like a, a core of yours? Yeah. Uh, it has to be hard to get better. I've scrapped that completely. <laughs> um, yeah, like, because, like, just because kids are bent over and looking gassed, like, that don't mean they're getting better. Like, just I need to figure tired. out. Yeah, it just means they're tired. And <laughs> yeah. if they're tired, that probably means I didn't adequately program to allow rest periods and whatnot. So, like, that's my bad. Like, anybody can make someone tired. Um, uh, but, you know, I think some one, a coach told me one time is like anybody can hit the gas. He said, "Great coaches don't hit the brakes," mm-hmm. and I that has stuck with me, um, and I, I that will stick with me forever. Um, one thing that's going to stick with me forever is movement, um, and and I learned movement twice. So I learned movement from Gail Hatch, as in front squat, back squat, position like pull, lunge, split squat. Then I learned movement from Todd, where it was three D movement, right? The one thing that is is universal to every sport is you must be able to move. You must be able to move in three planes, right? Mm-hmm. And so those that movement principle will stick with me, and I will forever load movements. And so that's kind of the thing that, you know, if you told me I to do one thing, it's going to be some type of loaded movement. Now, when I say loaded movement, that doesn't mean I'm swinging like a two-pound kettlebell. <laughs> that could mean I'm doing a, a reverse lunge with, 185 because that's a lunge is a movement and I'm loading it. People like to play the semantics of words, try to get you. No, we're gonna, you know, that's what it is to me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, last one, sort of off topic, I guess. Uh are you um like friends with or close with the wrestling coach out in Stanford? The strength nah, condition. No, nah, uh is it is it train, I think? Is trying to do it? I think so. I'm not yeah. too positive. We have a kid that's just signed out there for wrestling. Yeah. Uh, nah. So I'm kind of like in the silo. Like I'm in like the basketball hole. But yeah. like he's a, he's he's a good dude. The, the guys seem to like him. They uh the coaches are good people. But yeah, I don't get to see them too all too often. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're going to be in good hands. That's a great school for sure. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. going to have his hands full of Carter. That's a, that's yeah. a for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. That's it's, all I got. Uh, oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, hope, hope I asked the questions uh, decently. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, no, but uh, I'm trying to think. I had one more question. I just lost it. Um, Lord help me. Oh, so as you've kind of gone from, from, I guess, as you've kind of grown as a strength coach, what would you recommend for someone who's just new into the field? like just developing as a coach, what would be like if you had to give like three just pearls of just advice that you would recommend for any developing strength coach who's new into the field? First thing is coach what you know. Don't try to learn everything in the world. Pick pick a couple of things and then hone it up. Don't have to, don't have to master the world on day one. Um, the second thing would be um, don't be a weight room person. Um, and that means you think you're going to make an impact on your team, on your program, by being in the weight room. Like, you need to be able to make a weight impact outside of that to be able to have longevity in your career. If you're just a weight room guy, you're not going to do well. But really what it comes back to is uh, it becomes a cyclical relationship to where now the kids know you're with them outside of, outside of the weight room. So when you're in the weight room, they're going to work harder for you. And the better, even better, so they're going to work harder with you. And so I think that is a big piece. Like, how do we work with each other? How do I develop that relationship? Because the relationship is really important. You know, you can have a kid that hates the weight room, but they can love you and work because they love you. And that is the ultimate goal of an ultimate testament of good coach, in my opinion. And thirdly, I would say, don't complicate anything. Keep it savagely simple. Savagely simple. Work hard as hell, but keep it super simple. Make the program so simple that I have to think they just have to come in and train. Because no matter what you do with good intention, you're going to get better for a little while. Mm-hmm. So if you do that, five seconds hope for success. I like that. Those are good. Sure, yeah, that's all. It was pretty good, man. Dang, put you on the spot. Yeah. There it was. I had to make up for the earlier questions where I sucked, so you know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. No, well. We hope you guys enjoyed today's conversation we had with Mike Chapman, um, you know, from the University of Stanford. Uh, We will see you guys in the next episode.